Hello, hello, hello. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. I got you. What's up, Yes, bro? sir. What's going on, man? We're back. We are back. It's been a long time coming, but we are back and better. Yes, I just want to welcome everybody to episode eight or nine, I believe. I mean, it's been a while, so we've just been having school, work, internships, org. So it's been it's been all over the place, but we're here and we're in the moment. So we're going to do what we do best. Yes, sir. I've been looking forward to this. We've been planning this this episode all, all week, so I feel like we got a lot of great things to uh, talk about today. So, Jonathan, go ahead and, I guess, uh, talk about what we're going to be discussing today. All right. So, right now, as everyone knows, we're in the middle of a global pandemic, but it's just how do we enjoy the moment that we're in as, you know, seniors in college and even people who may be, you know, transitioning from high school to college or college to grad school or the professional field? How do we enjoy this moment? So I've really been into the Michael Jordan documentary on ESPN, The Last Dance, and how he was doing well in his career, reached the pinnacle, but it was like his final hoorah as far as solidifying his greatness. So I believe in every one of us, we all have greatness inside of us. And when you're living it day by day, day in and day out, especially whether you're in college or high school or wherever the case may be, then it comes to a point where you're at your last dance and you have to basically solidify your spot as one of the best or one of not only one of the best to do what you do, but to also leave a legacy and a mark that is unmatched and that cannot be compared and that cannot be debated. And from watching the last dance, that last dance documentary, that's really what I took away. Just Jordan's mentality, Jordan's motivation, the way Jordan made everybody better later in his career because he realized he can do it on his own. Like it's a lot of applicable life lessons that can be applied to our lives. So that's my that's what we're gonna talk about today. That's what's up, man. Um, that's cool from your perspective on when you kind of figured out hey, you know, this is my last dance, but uh, I'll go into kind of my last dance. Um, It basically started when I went off to Detroit um, and I was uh, alone and I knew that it was time that I become a better man and just spending time in prayer and, and talking with God. You know, he's saying, Jacob, you know, this is your last summer as a college undergrad this is going to be your last fall semester it's time to wake up it's time to be who you know you need to be it's time to walk into your purpose because I was running away from my purpose for a very long time and you know over the summer I truly was able to give my life to God and um the most important thing that I told myself about this last dance is that it's not a race. It's a marathon. And so um, we're going to obviously get into the last dance more, but that's kind of my um, journey of where my last dance began. That's dope, bro. And I'm glad you brought up purpose because that's a really – really big thing as far as accomplishing your goals and reaching your purpose. And I feel like with purpose, purpose is dependent upon proximity and position that if you're not in the 
position and position, place, and proximity. That if you're not in the position to receive and work in your purpose, and if you're not in the place to work and receive in your purpose, and if you're not in the proximity, which is like your environment, like all those things have to be in place for you to fulfill your purpose. And personally, for me, transferring from Baylor to come to Texas State, I feel like I've been able to walk in my purpose as far as helping students and um, pursuing my career field in healthcare management and public health because I've had the place, which is St. Mark's, Texas, Texas State University. Then I had the position as in, you know, I'll put in position to be a Forbes scholar, put in positions to, you know, make effective and everlasting change on campus. And the proximity is who I surround myself with. And I've surrounded myself with great people here at Texas State like you, Jacob, and other people I met in my org. So it's just like when all the, those three fall into place, which is proximity, place, and position, there's it's it's a match made in heaven that purpose will be fulfilled. Purpose will be um, poured from heaven. And when you're walking in your purpose, it's just like it's, I want to say it's effortless, but it's just kind of effortless because it's self-fulfilling. Like whenever I go out and I'm with my orgs and I'm putting in work like it's like I put in the work but it's just like it's self-fulfilling and it's kind of effortless in a sense and in the same way it's just like when you're doing what you love and you're walking in your purpose it's just like it's just a flow and it's just a flow to it I don't know how else to put it but that's the best way I could put it yes sir that's that's huge bro um you know I'm really glad that I said purpose because let's dive into that because the biggest thing that I learned about this last dance is when I really got in tune with God and I had to really pray and worship and meditate and really understand the true meaning of being a man that walks within his purpose. Um, I had to really understand the meaning behind making sure my relationship with God is in order so that I can have the eyes, the ears, um, the mouth to walk into that purpose. And so, um, Because sometimes, you know, men like to tag age with being a man. And I had to learn that that wasn't the case. Just because I'm grown, just because I'm paying bills, just because I'm doing all these great things, I still wasn't a man because I didn't have a relationship with God. And God says in order for a man to lead, our relationship with him must be in order. We're supposed to be um, that rock. And whether that be a rock in a relationship with a woman or even relationships with your friends. And so that was a very humbling experience because throughout my college uh, career, yes, God has been present in my life. Yes, I've prayed, but I truly haven't been a servant. I haven't had a true connection with him, knowing that 
hey, God, what do you want me to do? Where do you want my life to be? What job do you want me to have? Do you want me to go into serving you after college? What exactly is my purpose? And so I had to really dig deep and find that out when I was in Detroit because it's so different when God opens your eyes when he has you alone. When there's there's nobody around, there's no one to vent to, it was just kind of like it was me and God. And that's all I had to talk to over the summer. And it was just like he set me down in a seat and I felt like I was in a movie theater. And he said, Jacob, this is what you've done on the course of your life while you've been here. You've done this wrong. You've done that wrong. You've done this right. But look at your life and ask me, have you been serving me? Have I been um, first or has relationships been first or has partying been first or has, you know, all the things that you have done been first? Because don't forget who gave you those blessings because I can easily take them away. That's powerful. Just you sharing your testimony as far as how God revealed your purpose to you is is truly inspiring. And I really I really like how you talked about when God reveals purpose it's in times when you're alone. Cuz that was literally me when I transferred here to San Marcos in Texas State. Like I was alone, I didn't know anybody. Yeah, I was involved, but I didn't I didn't have the network and the associates and the friends that I have now. So it was really during that time to where he was revealing and pulling at my heart and teaching me more about myself than I knew about myself. And it was during that time where visions and things of what my life could be and where he wanted me to go and how he's leading me is that that's when purpose was starting to be revealed. And another thing about purpose is that when there's purpose, like I said, with position, he's going to open those positions for you. Like if a job is meant for you, he's going to open the door. If he, if he's meant to serve you, if you're meant to serve him, that opportunity is going to come up. But it's just a matter of are you going to execute and take advantage of it or are you going to squander it? Because a lot of people have opportunities to do great things, but they don't produce. And that's what I feel like the biggest problem is that put, purpose is only active if there's production. And I'm going to say that again for somebody who missed it. Purpose is only active if there's production. That is just like football or basketball. You could be have the potential to be the number one overall recruit in football or basketball. But then you go to the league and you can't produce. So I feel like that's how a lot of people is where they have the potential to do great things. They have the potential to lead. They have the potential to be a community leader, but they don't take advantage of it and they squander it. And then because of it, they're not finding their purpose because they're not producing. But then once you let God reveal your purpose and you start producing, it goes hand in hand. And then the production, like I said previously, is is kind of effortless because you're walking and living and breathing your purpose. So purpose is only purpose is dependent on production. What are you producing? That's the truth, bro. You know, it's like. You know, our Heavenly Father says, 
faith <clears throat> without works is is dead. You know what I'm saying? It's like we can't you can't be asking God, you know, please give me a job, please, Lord. But you're not applying to jobs every day. You're not going on Indeed. You're not, you know, working in a place that you necessarily wouldn't want to work. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, it's no different. Like, how do we expect our God to bless us with the things that we pray for if we're not even, one, doing what we need to do to get what we pray for, or even simply doing the bare minimum? And so, you know, that's what I realized. I was like, it's my last dance. You know, I'm uh, about to graduate. So that means, you know, I need a job. You know, I want to be successful. I want to have money. But I was just like, I want all these amazing things. But all I'm doing right now is talking. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I feel like we can talk up a great talk. We have all these great ideas and God plants all these seeds in our our life and all these wonderful conversations that we have with with our bros and all these business meetings, all these business ideas, but we're not watering the seed that he planted. We're not giving the seed sunlight. We're not allowing it to grow because we're not applying pressure. We're not you know, doing what he's asking us to do. So that was very um, good that you um, brought that up. And um, to kind of go into uh, the next section of um, our podcast today, I feel like with the both of us, something that I didn't realize in, you know, the beginning of the summer and whenever you felt like your last dance happened, that God was um, upsetting our world so that we can find our purpose. Mm. And I didn't realize that till I got back to San Marcos and um, Pastor Mike Todd, he's been gone. He's been you know, vacationing because, you know, he's a very passionate pastor. You know, everyone needs rest. Everyone needs family time. And you know what I mean? So he had uh, guest speakers and the the message for the past two weeks was um, upset your world. And so it kind of clicked because I was just like, God, you know, why are all these things um why am I being alone? Why am I being treated this way? Why am I doing all these things? And, you know, it was a true test to see, you know, am I really the believer that I say I am? Am I really the believer that though my world may be getting upset, I'm still sharing God's love to people. I'm still sharing his gospel I'm still praying for people. I'm still praying for my enemies harder than I'm praying for my friends. I'm still living a life through him while my world is still being upset and it's being turned around. And it was just like, wow, God, you're upsetting my world so that 
I can change someone else's world and show them the love that you have and the love that you have put on me. And so, um, how has God upset your world, Jonathan? Man, just from beginning, I know a lot of people with COVID. So prior to COVID, um, I was just coming back from the forest conference. I was on cloud 35. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't even say cloud nine. I bo- bo- was on cloud 35. Oh boy, I'm right there with you. So, like, I was like, man, like, all these, like, companies hitting me up for, like, internship opportunities, research. And I was, like, moving to my community. I was like, God, I see you moving. Mm-hmm. I see my purpose coming. I see my purpose unfolding. I see my future unfolding. And it's just right before me. And I can taste it. And I can feel it. And I just love it. And I had the opportunity to do cancer research with UT over the summer. And I was doing interviews, ironically, right around COVID was happening. And as I was talking to these researchers, like, oh, yeah, we have a new virus that came out. And, we, you know, we're doing research about that right now. But, you know, we still plan on doing the cancer research because that's what's going for. So then come March, it's a whole blown global pandemic. And they're like, you know, the research funds obviously are going to be directed towards COVID research and finding a vaccine. So they're like, we, mm, unless you're like a, a graduate student or, you know, a PhD student, we basically don't need you for this internship. So that really broke me because, like, I'm graduating early. I'm graduating a whole year early. I'll be graduating at 20 years old. And, like, I just thank God that that's even something that I can say even as a first gen. So it was like, this was like one, my really big opportunity to like internship, but not only like a company, but a really prestigious university doing prestigious cancer research, which is like in my field of public health and healthcare management. So I was really upset with God because it's just like, I'm seeing other people who still can do virtually their internship or some type of unique way of still fulfilling the internship, but mine was just canceled. And I know I was in the boat of many other college students, but it's just like, man, God, like, really? Like, why would you bless me with this opportunity? And then just like, like that, just take it away. And then I was over the summer, like, just working at Amazon grinding. <laughs> like, y'all can ask Coop. I was like, Julius, working two, three jobs, y'all. Like, Buddy was slaving. Slave. I would get up. I would, I would take a nap during the day, go to work at 8 p.m. and get off at 5 in the morning five days a week, five, six days a week on top of 12 hours of summer classes. I was just like, Lord, what are you doing? I was like, yeah, the money is straight and like I can pay bills and like I'm being independent, but like, Lord, what are you doing in this place? What do you teach me in this season? And he was just like, just trust me, be faithful that I have greater coming for you because I'm building resilience. I'm building grit. I'm building... I'm building humbleness because that job humble humble me. They don't care if you're a Forbes scholar. They don't care if you're SGA. They don't care if you're whatever. All they care about is if you can lift that 50-pound package. So that just really taught me to keep myself humble and that despite whatever positions that I'm put into or things I achieve, that they're nothing compared to the glory of God and that he gets the glory in all that I say and do and that at the end of my life, it's not that it's not it's not my my accomplishments or or what I achieve or how much money I have. It's how I treat people. It's how I impacted my community. It's how I 
left my mark on this world. It's how I shone, sh- shine my light on this world. That's really what's going to matter. It's not going to matter if I was a Forbes scholar or matter if I was a part of SGA or whatever, whatever. All that's going to matter is how did I treat people? How did I leave my mark on this world? And how did I be a light for Christ? And that's what I feel a lot of people need to hear because social media would be like, oh, I bought a Benz. I got $50,000. Little baby, we paid. Like, all that. But, like, at the end of the day, that's that's of the world. That's materialistic. That's not, a, that's not of substance. That's not what's going to last you. But what God has to offer you, which is love and peace and kindness and joy and being his hands and feet as a servant, that's what's going to last you long past your years on this earth. And that's what creates a legacy and leaves your light on this world through Christ. That's huge, bro. Um, Because, yeah, like Jonathan was saying, it was just like over the summer, I would be getting up for work at 5 a.m. and he would just be getting off. Um, You know, I would be working 12 to 15 hour days. And so it was very humbling because it's like I'd go to work. um, I'd get off. I'd go get ready for CrossFit. I'd go back to my hotel and it was a constance of just sitting and kind of just praying or just staring at my walls and sometimes not having nobody to talk to. And so, you know, that was very tough. You know, I'm very thankful that um, when I went to the Forbes conference that I met some really wonderful people, some really wonderful women, um, very goal-driven. Um, they put me on to a lot of things um, many great talks and really kind of helped me find myself while I was out in Detroit. And so I'm very thankful to them, you know, shout out to, to uh, my Detroit people. I love y'all. Um, and so it was just tough, you know, God was really upsetting my world and being the only black person on my job was also tough, not having any other black men to talk to about the things that um, I was going through, I was experiencing, uh, that was also hard because it's like, you know, women have conversations with women because sometimes men don't understand and men have conversations with men because women don't understand, you know what I'm saying? And so, that was also um, very hard. And then, you know, with all the the police brutality and, you know, all the conversations being had, you know, it was very tough, you know, being in an environment where it's just like, keep your head down, go to work, don't engage in conversations, and then go home and not have anyone to say, hey, you know, I'm going through this or not having people check on you, you know, that was also hard. So it was just basically just, you know, me praying every day, me talking to Jonathan every day. And man, like God really upset our world this summer, Jonathan, like he, he really stripped us because we were on a high horse after the Forbes conference. I mean, 
getting attention from, you know, jobs and, you know, being known on campus and and women noticing us. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I love how you have to just sprinkle that in there like partially. <laughs> no, I'm being serious because like and I'm not saying that like I'm just oh da 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 but I'm I'm serious. I'm I'm speaking my truth because you know I was very much distracted. You know what I'm saying? Like my mind was was not where it it needed to be. And so with all that going on when I left to go to Detroit, it's like God just stripped all that away from me. He stripped, oh, Jacob, you thought those people cared about you? Well, I'm about to show you. Oh, you thought this person was your friend? I'm about to show you. Oh, you thought this relationship was going to work? I'm going to strip that from you. Oh, you thought you were happy? Oh, I'm going to strip that from you. Because you obviously don't know how to be an obedient servant, an obedient son. So you know what? You're about to have this last dance by yourself. I legit felt like I threw a party. I invited everyone and I was the only one there. Like, imagine that. You throw this big party. Everyone's telling you, hey, I'm going to come. It's going to be so much fun. And then no one shows up. It's basically how I felt. I was like, wow, I have no one. You know what I'm saying? And I was able to really know the importance of being alone and, and healing. You know what I'm saying? And really letting go um, a lot of past trauma. And I was able to break generational curses because I was like, Lord, I'm tired. And and some of us really need to, to know when to give up because it's like, you can't win. You know what I'm saying? Like, you legit can't win against God no matter what you do, no matter the loopholes, no matter how fast you try to run away, like you can't win from God. And I was just like, I threw in the white flag and I said, Lord, I surrender. Lord, take the things that is is hurting me. Take the things that are not fulfilling. I said, Lord, anything that offends you, Lord, remove it from my life. And that was a a huge eye-opening experience for me because he did that. And I was just like, well, dang, I didn't know it was going to be this hard. You know, um, this summer, I spent a lot of time on my knees praying. And it's just like, that's something that I never did. I never spent time on my knees praying and crying out to God and saying, you know, Lord, I I need you and worshiping and and really just just being very vulnerable with God. You know, it's like, how is it that it's so easy to be vulnerable with another man or um another woman, but you can't be that vulnerable with God? And that's the issue. Right. And I just think with that, 
as far as being vulnerable with God, it really takes, like you said, how we talked about before, just a relationship with him. Because like with any relationship, it's the foundation that you're building. So if you're building your foundation of your relationship with God of, oh, I just come to God for like like a genie. Like I rub his back three times and like he gonna grant my wish. That's not a solid foundation to build with God. But if you're coming to God with your worries, your anxieties, you're coming to God with uh, an open heart and an open mind, asking him to give you the desires of your heart and to order your steps and to guide your future, God will do exceedingly and abundantly more than you can ever ask. And that's just biblical. And I just think also what goes with that is just intentionality within your purpose. That you got to be intentional with everything you do. That you can't, it can't be, your works can't be frivolous and they can't be just, just whatever. Like you're just going with the flow. Like, no, it has to be intentional. When you're in your classes, the classes you take, it's intentional. The major you pick, it's intentional. The people you hang out with, it's intentional. The places you go, it's intentional. The things you watch on television, it's intentional. The, the music you listen to, it's intentional. The conversation you have with your homeboys, it's intentional. The conversation you have with your homegirls, it's intentional. The people you follow on Twitter, it's, it's, it is very intentional. Yes, sir. The things you look at on Instagram, it's intentional. So it's just Amen. like, what are you intentionally looking at? What are you intentionally feeding your spirit? Because people often are exactly. like, people will be like, I'm dealing with these things and dealing with that, this, that, and the third. But it's just like, what are you feeding your spirit? So you can, you can be un consciously feeding your spirit things that you're intentionally looking at. Like, you know, you deal with pornography, but you're looking at but women who, you know, it's nothing wrong with women posting in bikini pics. Like that's, it's nothing wrong with that. But if you know you struggle with lust and pornography and you're following that chick, you might have to unfollow her. Like that's just, that, that's, that's real growth as a man realizing your weakness and then be like you know what it's probably not best for me to follow or you know what you know let me go on a social media cleanse that's true growth that's true being a man and like you said earlier about manhood one thing about being a man is is it never ends there's no there's no oh when i have a child i'm a man or like no like until the day you die it's a ever going ever learning journey of manhood so it's just you take it as you go and you learn and you grow and you try to be the best version of yourself first and then be the best man you can be for your family, your friends, and the community around you. And that's that's what I really believe being a man is. Yes, bro. Like, that's that's so huge. And, you know, honestly, like, you kind of have to sometimes, I had to be honest with myself. And I said, you know, am I ready to do this? Am I ready to lead? Am I ready to be a man of Christ? You know what I'm saying? Because it's just like, I didn't want to be a man of Christ, but I'm still dealing with um, sin in certain areas of my life. You know what I'm saying? It's like, as a man, if you're trying to go through that journey, if you feel like you are at your last dance and you feel like you just started your last dance of, you know, wherever you are in your life. For instance, I can't be praying to God every night 
but also watching pornography and then praying, say, God, can you forgive me for what I did? I can't be sleeping with a bunch of women. You know, I can't be cussing folks out. I can't be doing all this, but then telling everyone, yeah, I'm a man. I'm this, I'm that. I'm telling social media this, this, that, and the third, but I'm not living up to what I'm saying. And I had to realize that because it's like, though people around me may not see what's done in the dark, but I learned very quick that God sees all things. And it's like, when I noticed things started to strip from my life, I'm like, dang, okay, God, you saw that was done in the darkness, but that person didn't see what I was doing, but you did. And so that was another huge thing that I had to understand. And earlier I was saying that, um, I was talking to Jonathan, I was telling him, I said, sometimes we get so caught up in focusing on the now and focusing on how good this feels and how amazing things are right now that we're not even focused on the promise that God has for us. You know, he says it's it, it, it's so simple of follow me, read my manual, live a life through me, and I will bless you abundantly. And when I realized that it was very eye-opening to me because I said, you know what? I'd rather live my life right. I'd rather go about a woman right. I'd rather do what I have to do so that I can see God's promise for me when it's actually time for me to accept the things that he wants to bless me with. And you have to realize the things that you are asking for, if they aren't coming, then you need to understand that God is saying you're not ready. That's that's very true because I know a lot of people will say, well, I asked God for this and I didn't get that. And not only are you not ready or you're prepared, but it's just it's just not your season. Because I think back what, to, what I was doing before I went to the Forbes Summit. And I, we only, like, me and Jacob always talk about Forbes Summit. It's not because, oh, like, braggadocious or look at our bravado or this and that. No, it's just because it's a very pivotal moment for the both of our lives because that's where we met. That's where we connected. That's where, you know, we started talking about business plans. That's where we started talking about making things happen on campus. So it's a very pivotal moment in both of our lives that we will never, ever, ever, ever forget. But I was thinking back to the summer, what I was doing before I went to Forbes. And it was just like, I was the most broken and hurt ever because I was leaving Baylor. I thought I was my dream school, leaving Baylor, coming to Texas A, didn't know anybody. I had a relationship that I was leaving behind in Waco, Texas. Um, I didn't major wise. I knew what I wanted to do, but it wasn't really clear. Job, I was working at Forever 21, <laughs> folding clothes, <laughs> getting out at 2, 3 in the morning. And it's just like, God, what are you doing? Don't forget about Victoria's Secrets. It, oh, that, that was in the winter, but that's a whole other story. And it, <laughs> it is just like, I'm putting these positions in. I'm like, God, like, what are you doing? Like, it's just, and that's what teaching you about humbleness because working at Victoria's Secret, it was like, 
I shouldn't be working here. Like, I'm this, I'm that. Like, you know, I just got back from the forest conference. I'll be working at somebody's company. I should be, you know, I shouldn't be over here folding panties. But then it's just God, <laughs> like, humbling me. Like, who do you think you are? Mm-hmm. Like, didn't I tell you to be my hands and feet and to serve me and to serve those around you? And, like, yes, it's, like, it's a retail job with, like, Victoria's Secret. But it's just, like, through these jobs, I've learned that I have a heart of service. That when I go on campus and I have to serve my organizations, it's, not, it's like, second nature to me because I've been in job positions since I was 17 years old to where I had to serve my community through fast food. And many people are just like, oh, you serve, you serving a burger, you serving, you know, a snow cone or something. But no, it's just truly teaching you the importance of service and giving back. Even if it's at a fast food job, you're learning service and servitude and selflessness because in that field, it's not about you. They don't care about you. All they care about is them getting their food or their clothes or whatever the case may be. It is not about you at all. So it's, it's less about you and more about them. And that's how it is our relationship with God. It's less about us and more about him. That we are serving him. We are his hands and feet. We are the body of Christ. We are we are a royal priesthood. We are the head and the, not the tail. We are a chosen and a called people. And because we are those things, we serve our God. And it's less about us and more about him. So mm-hmm. if, if it's less about you when you enter a relationship, it's more about the other person. If it's less about you in the classroom, it's more about the grades that you're going to make. If it's less about you and your family, it's more about how can I uplift my family and break generational curses. If it's less about you and more about helping the next black man who is trying to do right and trying to be great, then it's about him and pouring into him and passing the torch. But society and this generation, (laughs) it's all about me, 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 me. It's not about us. And that's why we have we're in a current state of divide and and dysfunction because it's all about me and what I think. There's no empathy. There's no, well, let me put myself in this person's shoes and let me see how I would feel. It's about if my me and my people are good, that's all that matters. There's no empathy, there's no love, there's no passion. There's no there's no love because love says love and it's crazy. I was talking about this with one of my um one of my people that I work with in this mentorship program, that love is not, it's not a feeling. Love is not a feeling. Love comes and goes. Like, I mean, feelings come and go like the wind. But love is different because it's a commitment. Like when I say I love Jacob, like that's my bro, it's because I am committed to him. Whatever he needs, I'm there it's for him. It's everlasting. It's everlasting. It does, it's unwavering. If Jacob, if Jacob needed the clothes off of my back, I would give it to him even though his big self could not fit it. <laughs> I would give him the clothes on my back because I love him that much and I'm committed to him and his girl that much. And it's the same with me. So it's like, that's the power of love because feelings, they come and go. It's like, oh, I'm feeling you for six months. And then, oh, I'm not feeling you no more because, you know, you look crazy or whatever. But love is, okay, you know, <clears throat> I, I see where, you know, you're going through a tough time in life. And let's work through this together and let's see if we can build and grow and be better than ever together through this situation. That's love. That's, that's how you have people who are married for 65, years. 75 years because it's just love. It's that commitment, love. that commitment that it don't matter what happened. I'm a ride for you and I got you. And like I said, 
relationships is about me, 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 me. What looks good for my social media? What looks good for my optics? Rather than I am, I, I want to be committed to this person. And even committed, commitment takes time and it's fostered. It and it's does. Grown. So it may not be inst- instantaneous commitment, but it takes time. So then that's when people have reached the stage where they want to get married. This is like, that co- that's the commitment to the world. Our relationship, it's more of, you know, y'all committed to each other and social media, whatever. But that marriage, it's that, hey, I am committed to this person and I love this person and I'm going to ride or die with this person with my life. And it's the same as baptism, which is a beautiful thing. Because when you give your life to Christ and you get baptized, that is a public and worldwide declaration that, hey, I love Jesus. I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And this is my public declaration of my love for Christ. That's essentially what marriage is. You're saying, I love this person so much. I commit my life to this person. And this is who I want to ride or die with. But until we love ourselves, until we pour into ourselves, like I always say, until we improve ourselves we cannot give what's not inside you cannot give what's not inside you cannot give love if you're loving yourself you cannot give compassion if you're not compassionate you cannot give intellect if you're not intelligent you cannot give knowledge if you're not seeking knowledge you cannot give you know a helping hand if you're not helping yourself you cannot give respect if you're not respecting yourself it all comes back to self it all comes back to self-awareness and self-improvement because people often wonder why relationships aren't working or entanglements aren't working and at the end of the day you have to look yourself in the mirror and say i need to do work on me that Mm -hmm. i may not that they project on other people that they're this they're that but in reality is what they are because you cannot give anything that is not within you cannot give anything that is not within so you have to pour into yourself love yourself be compassionate with yourself, be kind to yourself because that energy radiates to others and it radiates to the point that it's, it cannot be questioned. It cannot be not denied. It cannot be debated because it's, it's infectious. It's, it's like no other. So you have to continually, continually, continually take a look in the mirror and try to improve yourself. Even things I'm working on right now that, and another thing is complacency. You can't be complacent with where you are. You can't get comfortable. Nope. Because when you get complacent and comfortable, somebody's coming for your spot right there. Or God says, you know what? You think you got it? Okay, boom. I'll strip this from you. I'll strip that from you. But if you're continually striving to be better, striving for something, pushing towards something, or like Paul says in Romans, pressing towards the mark, then one day, by and by, when you know the Lord comes back, you can stand before God and he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. And like one day, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. And I don't put my faith on anybody, but I try to walk the walk and talk the talk that I will never be, oh, you do this, you're going to hell, or X, Y, Z. No, I, the, the number one commandment that Jesus said is to love, and love has nothing to do with you. <laughs> Love has nothing to do, it has to do with others. So I love, try to love people. I try to uplift my community. I try to be a light. I try to be an inspiration. Not even, not even try, I don't try to be an inspiration because 
when you're uplifting and you're radiating that light and you're radiating that kindness and you're radiating that love that's within, you're naturally going to inspire people. You don't have to be a motivational speaker. You don't have to be an inspirational speaker because whenever, whatever you have inside, it radiates to the world and it's to the world to behold. It's to the world to see. It's to the world to acknowledge. And it's to the point in which you don't have to say a word because it's just so evident within your life and who you are and your whole being in Christ. Wow. That's wow. You, you touched on so many great points. It's so hard to even um, pick up, but the most thing that, I mean, I said the most thing, but the most important thing that I took away from everything that you said is love and working on yourself. And to tie that into my last dance and our last dance, I realized that in order for me to be a better man, in order for me to live the life that God wants me to live, I need to display his love. Mm. I need to um, display his patience. I need to display his joy, his, his peace. I need to fully drink from the well of everlasting water that he has provided for us. And I realized that um, once I do that, I know that I will, I'm, I'm seeing my, my old self leave and I'm seeing my, my new my new spirit, my, my new body, um, you know, because when you find your new home in Christ, it's, it's like your, your old body is, is, is slowly diminishing. And it's like, you're constantly fighting with your old self and your new self. And that's what was going on with me all summer. Um, because I tapped into a side that I never tapped into. I was able to see things. I was able to pick up on energy. I was able to look at people and see that something was wrong with them or that they were going through something or God would place stuff. God would say, Jacob, do this. And I would be obedient and I would do it because I know God placed that on my heart to do. Um, This was so touching. Uh, I was watching a sermon last night and it was the Upset Your World sermon. And he said, you know what happens when you pick up a bottle of, of vodka and you're drinking, um, your speech changes, the way you feel changes, those, those heightened senses changes, you feel good, you feel loose, you're all over the place, you do things that you may, that you probably shouldn't do, um, you put yourself in positions that you're going to regret, but he said, when you feel your spirit up with God's love, with God's happiness, with, with God's purpose, with, with if you walk through God, he said, that's what it's like when you drink from his well. And it blew my mind because it's so true. When you really start to dive into what God has in store for you, he shows you so many things that you would have never seen before because I was walking my life with sunglasses on and once I dove into my word it's like they were taken off and I was truly able to 
to see life from a different way. And it's like, I had to, you also have to understand that your growth, your change, your walk is not for everyone else's understanding because they're not going to get it. They're not going to understand why is this young man showing me so much love? Why is he being so kind to me? Or I was so rude to him, but he's saying, hey, I love you. Or, hey, do you need something to eat? Are you okay? Because I've realized when you show someone love and they're showing you hate, they don't even know how to respond. Because when someone is angry at you, they're expecting for you to be angry back at them. But when you're showing love and you're praying for them, it's kind of like, wow, like, I don't understand. And so I had to realize that that through this walk, I must display God's love and I must continue to work on myself. And I understand that, Jacob, do not get comfortable. Do not get in a point to where you're relaxed and you're allowing yourself to go back into the worldly desires that brought you down to a low point in your life that you never want to go back. Continue to pray. Continue to dive into God's word. Continue to do the things that you know you need to do so that you can continue to go along your marathon of being a better man. Hit it right on the head with that one. It's a marathon. I just want to apologize to everybody about the fan. It was, you know, AC coming in hot in Texas, different things like that. But it's a lot of and I just want to touch on that real quick because, you know, coming towards the end of the time. But, you know, people always like, you know, one of the feedback I've gotten is just like the sound quality and different things like that. But we're just literally starting from scratch. You know, we're starting with our cell phones and headphones and this app and just using this as a tool and as a vessel to get our message out and to get content out that literally helps people because I have plenty of people reach out to me and said there's an episode, at least one episode on King Sock that they needed to hear. So that's, that's gone back to the purpose that we want to uplift and help the generation to come. So if that content is continually being pushed and continually happening, we're going to keep doing it regardless of the AC, regardless of sound quality, regardless of anything external, we're going to continue to make that happen. And yes, as we do more episodes, we will get better. We will get better mics. We will get better sound quality. But right now we're working with what we got. And sometimes that's a, and that's really a great point because you, a lot of times you say, Oh, I need this to start what God has placed in my heart. I need this degree. I need this to happen. I need this. I need that work with what you have. And that's just, it's crazy how God just put things on my heart because we will oftentimes say, God, I can't do this because I don't have this. I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't have this. But God says, I have placed everything inside of you. I've placed gifts inside you. I've placed talents inside you. I've placed creativity. I've created, I've put it in you purpose. I've put in you greatness. And all you have to do is let me move and lead you and your message and your light will shine. But oftentimes we're so worried about, oh, I don't have the mic and, oh, I don't have the money and, oh, I don't have the time and I don't have this and I don't have that. But God is saying, I have given you everything that you need to make this happen. But all you have to do is go out and make it happen. And that's what we're doing with this podcast. We're just giving 
we're using what we have and using that to spread our message and the message of God. So it's just like when you're doing that, you can't lose. It's that how is that we have we've been doing this for since March and we've been using our phones and headphones and we have over 750 plays. That's God. That's not us. That's God because people resonate with the message. They resonate with what's being said. They resonate with the content. So I don't know who needs to hear this, but stop worrying about what you don't have and look at what you do have and look at what you do have and make it work because we will oftentimes be, I don't have the credentials. I don't have the resume. I don't have the experience. But meanwhile, God says, if you just applied and tried it, I would have opened the door for you, but you're putting so many limitations on yourself that you can't even walk in the blessing that I have for you. So stop limiting yourself and walk in the fullness and the mighty power of our God. That's huge, bro. I'm glad you you closed on that because that's so huge um, with, you know, going along your journey as bettering yourself is be thankful for the things that God has given you. And I try to tell myself, I, I said this just about every morning um, while I was in Detroit, and I still try to tell myself, I said, Lord, thank you for waking me up this morning and allowing me to see, allowing me to touch, allowing me to walk, allowing me to eat, and allowing me to have the, the simple things that a lot of people don't have right now. And I said, I, I start from there because that's so important. It's something so simple that we simply forget about. It's like God saying that hoopty that you have right now, be thankful for it. Because mm-hmm. if you can't be thankful for that hoopty, God's going to say, you're not going to be thankful for that BMW that I'm trying to bless you with in two years. That that roach apartment you're in right now and that <laughs> that terrible job. Yeah, it sucks, but Lord, thank you for allowing me to have a place to stay. Mm-hmm. Oh, my son, my daughter, you're being faithful. Well, you know what? Let me let me get you a new job and let me bless you with a new apartment. Let me bless you with a new car because you stayed faithful at a time when you were down and not only faithful when we're up. You see, that's that's the 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 thing be faithful to our lord when we're down and also when we're up and give thanks give thanks and and just thank god for how faithful that he has been and i'm going to end on you know this note right here my mom always tells me she says son you have to understand that when this is all over, everything that you're doing, know that God is going to be the only one that you're going to meet at Judgment Day. God's going to be the only one that you're going to see. So those people that have something to say about what you're doing or what you're going through in life or who you are as a person, none of that matters because you won't be standing next to them when it's time to go home. And when things Sometimes you have to have remember when, remember when I didn't have a place to stay and God, you provided me with a friend that let me sleep on their couch for a couple months. Remember when I didn't have gas money and I didn't have gas in my tank, but I was able to make it home. God, remember when you gave me that job that allowed me to continue to go through school because my parents didn't have money. 
Those are the things that we have to remind ourselves because God has always been faithful. God has always been present and he has always made a way. And so I end on that. Um, Time flew by. Uh, If there's anything else that you want to say, Jonathan, uh, go ahead. But I just want to give thanks to God for allowing us to come back um, tonight on King's Talk and open up with... um, kind of everything that we've been going through. So uh, God's good. Yeah, man, definitely. It's just a blessing despite technical difficulty, despite things that the the enemy will do anything to disrupt the message and the word of God. And when we're speaking powerfully as young black men of faith, he'll do anything to disrupt it. So I'm just thankful that we had this conversation. And, you know, one thing I'll say about the last dances, when the Bulls, they're going out, in their last season, they enjoyed it. Every last part of it, you know, and they enjoyed each other. They enjoyed the company. So when you go, whether you're from high school to college coming up or college to corporate America or to your job or to grad school, just enjoy this time because cause at, the, at the end of the day, when, you know, the banners come down and the championship and pomp and circumstance comes in spring 2021, Lord willing, for my graduation, um, that's going to be it. The last dance is over and it's on to the next journey of life and the next transition. So enjoy this transition. Enjoy all that it has. Enjoy the adversity because when Jordan was getting to his last season, he had faced so much adversity with playing base. Oh, that was a different, that was further along. But past season getting beat up by the Detroit Pistons, getting beat up every time he got to the paint, all that adversity all those trying times. He lost a lot. Like people people say Jordan's the greatest, but that that man lost a lot. Losing to the Pistons, losing to teams like that. But one thing that made him exceptional and head and shoulders above anybody else is his mentality. That it didn't matter it didn't matter how many times he got knocked down, he was coming back fighting with a vengeance. And you partner that with a talent unmatched and a bravado that he had. It's it's no reason why he's considered the greatest. So we all have greatness inside us. We all have that bravado inside of us. We all have that potential to produce, like I said before, but it's just a matter of what we're producing, how we're producing, how we're uplifting our community, and most of all, how we continue to fight no matter how many times life knocks us down. So this is King's Talk, episode eight or nine. Thank y'all for listening, and God bless. God bless y'all. It's been real. All right, my brother. Thank you. Love. All right, bro. Good night, man. Good night.